0: got stirred up in the prayer room earlier about um, how strong I just saw it I just saw for a minute just got a glimpse in the spirit man I thought man God you're making us so strong God's people are getting so strong family I don't know if you know you're getting strong but the word make you strong hallelujah and so you are well we're talking from Mark chapter 4 if you'd turn there and, of course, it'd really help you if you weren't here Sunday night, if you'd get the tape. I believe it'd be a blessing to you. And I'll be, I'm be i going to try real hard. Lord, help me to do the microphone right. They've already told me that, you know, I wave my microphone around and, and, and you know, and Barry's laughing back there. And that sometimes it, you know, they get, you know, it gets real soft, and then I get it back in the right place, and all of a sudden I blast you out of the car, I'm sure. (laughs) And so I'm going to try, but no promises, but the Lord will help me. Because, see, I'm not thinking about my microphone, I'm thinking about all sorts of other things. I'm being led by the Spirit while I'm, so God has to do that for me. In Mark chapter 4, verse 14, it says, The sower soweth the word. And, of course, pastor's been talking about sowing from the financial perspective, but we were talking Sunday night about actually sowing the word of God into our hearts and into our lives. And uh, we looked down in verse 26 of chapter 4, and we found out how the system of God works. The kingdom of God is the system of God. And he said it's like a man that would cast seed into the ground. And then that man he he sleeps. He goes to he says that he should sleep, and that's verse twenty seven. And should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself: first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And so. Um, we pull some points from that, and you really do need to get the tape about that because we spent a long time talking about these, each different points. But first of all, we talked about that if you don't have any seed, you won't have any production. So you have to plant seed. You have to plant the Word of God. And when we talked about how the seed must have time to produce, you know, you get up, you go to bed, you get up, you go to bed, and you let that seed have time to produce. And then we talked about how the ground knows what to do. The ground bringeth forth fruit of yourself, it says there. The ground knows what to do. It's programmed into the ground to know what to do with seed. It's programmed into the seed to know what to do. You don't have to stand over a corn seed and say, now do this. No, it knows what to do, doesn't it? And the ground knows what to do. And it's the same with the word of God. The ground knows what to do. And we also talked about the seed knowing what to do. And there we ta- then we talked about the law of progression there. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. It's important that you always remember the law of progression. And then we went on and talked about after you've planted how it's your responsibility to tend to your seed, to take care of your seed. And the first thing we said you need to do is you've got to water your seed. Both planting and watering are necessary right? That would be true for corn seed, but it's true for the seed of the Word of God too. And we found over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 8 how that that he who plants and he that waters are one. So we know from that that you're the one, that you must do the planting and you must do the watering. And uh, we found also in that verse how planting and watering are done the same way. The way you plant your seed is with your words, and the way you water your seed is Is with your words So you plant the same way that you water And you water the same way that you plant Well now I'm going to give you a little clue A little hint Because in that last verse I didn't talk about this the other night But family You plant the same way that you water You water the same way that you plant And you harvest the very same way That you planted and watered It's all the same with your words You harvest with your words And so um, That's how you do it And um, And and in, in the second thing we found out about taking care of your seed is that you have to defend your seed. And we know that from in Mark chapter 4 there and beginning in verse 15, he, the, the Lord tells us, how, um, he tells us how an assault is going to be launched immediately against your seed. That Satan is going to endeavor to steal your seed. It says he comes immediately. As soon as the seed is sown, he comes immediately and tries to steal it. And if he can't steal it that way, then he begins this progressive thing of trying to work, wiggle that seed out of you. Trying to work that seed out of you. And he does some things uh, like he brings affliction, which means pressure. He brings a persecution, which means tr- to drive away. He tries to get you offended so you'll get out of the love walk because faith worketh by love. He just will try all sorts of things. And see, he tries to use people. And some people are easily used by the devil. Some people are easily influenced and easily used by the devil. Amen. You may have been used to be easily used by the devil. You know, some of us say what we think and sometimes the devil can use that. You know, what? some of us have a, a little short, a little short fuse you know what I mean? And the devil can use that. Anybody have a. Everyone, no, don't raise your hand in a minute. You can raise your hand on the outside, inside. But you know, if you have, you know. And so God, uh, Satan tries to use people. He'll even try to use your kids sometimes to see, steal the seed. He really will. I mean, little children sometimes. See, little children, you may not realize this, but sensitive to the spirit is sensitive to the spirit. If you're sensitive to the Spirit of God, you're also sensitive. You can also be sensitive to that other Spirit. And so sometimes little children can be the most angelic little creatures one day and the most horrible little creatures the next day. Because, and they can be so sensitive to the Spirit, and you'll be going, that kid heard from God. I know that was God speaking. And the next day, because sensitive to the Spirit is sensitive to the Spirit. Do you know what I mean? And so, sometimes the enemy can use things like that. Hallelujah. Well, I mean, not hallelujah for it, but hallelujah, we agree. (laughs) Uh, He brings distractions. We talked about that. That's needs and crises sometimes. Anxieties. He'll bring anxieties. He'll try to get you to fret. He's going to try to get you to be anxious about something. He's going to try to get you to worry about something. Because when you get anxious about something, and you start worrying and fretting about something, you know what you're doing? You're neglecting your seed. You're neglecting. You get to neglecting your seed because you're just a stewing. And then uh, then he brings, we we read, the deceitfulness of riches. We talked about how that's when you get to pursuing money instead of God. You know, we talk about money a lot in this church and sowing seed and having a harvest of money. But we never teach that you pursue that. We always teach you pursue God. And then God adds to you. Amen. But Because when you start pursuing wealth, you're on the wrong track, aren't you? You're off track. And uh, then we talked about pursuing provision, how you can just be trying to make ends meet, just doing everything you can to make ends meet, and you're on the wrong track. God said he would supply your need. Amen. Then we talked about how he sends the lust for other things. We talked about that word lust means desire for other things. And so we're just reviewing. Now, that's all of the review. So let's oh yeah, we finished one page. That was just the review. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 4, verse 20, here's some things we didn't talk about the other night. He begins to tell us in Mark four twenty about the good ground. He says, and these are they which are sown on good ground. Such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And so he tells us there that the good ground does three things. The good ground, first of all, hears the word. Good ground hears the word. Good ground doesn't sleep in church. Good ground doesn't even let its mind wander in church. Now, we're all tempted to let our mind wander sometimes, but we need to bring it right back. We need to make that mind come back. See, our spirit's supposed to be controlling our mind. And so good ground listens and hears the word of God. Good ground doesn't say, I don't want to hear this. That's not good ground. Now, there's people sitting in churches all over town, not in this church certainly, but there's people sitting in churches all over town that they go to church because they were raised that godly people go to church and good people go to church, but they turn it off when they get there. It's like they turn a little switch off. I've even seen some in churches that I've ministered in before. You know, you can do all sorts of things to turn the word off. But that's what my point is, is good ground hears the word. Good ground hears the word. And then it says good ground receives the word. Good ground receives the word. Good ground takes it. Good ground says, oh, I'm taking that word. I'm taking that word. I'm taking that thing. I take that and just takes it, takes it, grabs a hold of it. Not just letting it pass through the ear gates. Not just letting it come across your ears. But taking it. There's a difference, you know, between just hearing it here and taking hold of it. And good ground takes it. And then it says that good ground holds on to the seed until it produces. Good ground doesn't just hear the word and doesn't just take the word, but good ground holds on to it. Good ground will fight for it. Good ground holds on to that word and it holds on until it produces. It doesn't just hold on till the first affliction comes by, till the first persecution comes by. Oh, you know, family, we've experienced this so many times. Um, You know, when we first got filled with the Holy Ghost, got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, we weren't pastors then. We were just uh, members of the Baptist Church. And we were just so, so excited. I mean, we were filled with the Holy Ghost. We were just, man, we were wild. We really were staying up all night, just the word, the word, the word. And so all our friends, we were telling them. And you know what? All of them immediately received it with gladness. Oh, it was just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? There started to be some persecution in our town. There started to be some intense persecution. One of them, like one of the things was... um, they started, man. They were—they had this one guy that spoke in tongues, and he had this uh, kind of a Bible study going in a movie theater thing. And so they began a process of voting him out of the Baptist church. I mean, literally voting him out. And before the meeting on Wednesday night, when they were gonna vote him out, one of the deacons called my mom aside and said, uh, "Tonight we're getting Johnny Gooding, and the and the next one is Michael Billings." <laughs> I mean that was and you know we but you know what? You can be so full of the word and so full of the joy of God that it's like we don't care and we weren't even mad or offended. We weren't even hurt. We weren't even offended. We were just so how we were so happy and so excited and so full of God and oh praise God, it was just so wonderful. But we didn't want to cause problems in the church, so we just kinda of bowed out. We just kinda of slipped out the back door and you know, just we disappeared before they could have one of those meetings again. And um But you know there's persecution. And, you know, I know one friend of ours that she was just, oh, she got filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, her husband didn't, but her mother and father-in-law, they had some money. You know, they had money. And uh, uh, it just, they let it be known, if you want the inheritance, and he was an only child, the son was. If you want the inheritance, you'll leave this stuff alone. And you know what? They've left it alone all these years. And you know what? They got the inheritance. But see, there's persecution that'll arise for the word's sake sometimes. But see, the good ground, it just holds on to the word of God. The good ground just rides the persecution out. See, you can outlive your persecutors. And I mean that literally. I mean that literally. You can literally outlive your persecutors. But you can also just outlive this. You know, it'll eventually all of this will just stop. All of this will go away. They can just talk about it so long. Amen. You know what? They can just they they can just throw rocks so long. And you see the good ground just holds on and just rides on yeah. through that. Just rides on through. Well, you know, the ground's mostly been plowed now for us. You know, Brother Copeland and people like that, they've done a good job. You know, it's not even all that strange to people anymore for people to speak in tongues. or You know, the ground's been plowed now, but boy, that was back when the ground hadn't been plowed, and man, they were lying on people and telling all sorts of stuff. You know, they had, we had friends that, in the, that when they first got filled with the Spirit and they were having a Bible study group, they lied and said, oh, they sit in a circle and rub their feet together. I mean they came up with some of the stupidest things, you know. (laughs) But now the ground the ground's been mostly plowed. But I tell you, I think we need to be good ground and be prepared that when miracles and when glory and stuff like that begins to happen, you see it'll be the religious community. That brings the persecution. And one reason they bring it is one simple word. They are jealous. They will be jealous. And so we got to be prepared. we got to be prepared to just be good ground. And just hold on to the word of God. Amen. Now production. The production of the 30, 60, and 100 fold has two enemies. And we've talked about the first one extensively. How Satan comes and he tries to steal your seed. He tries to get you to uproot the seed. See, and when you are word-starved, when you are starving in your spirit, man, for the word of God. In other words, you've been neglecting, feeding yourself, and you're hungry. And that doesn't, you, can be, you can be going to church three times a week and be starving spiritually. One way you can get to starving spiritually is to be given out more than you're taking in. If you're giving out all the time, you've got to tank up sometimes. And, you know, if you're releasing faith, like even believing for your kids to be healed and believing for stuff, you're, you're using the word up. You're using it up. You're using it up. And you can get word starved. And when you get your word starved, uh, then you're going to start to make negative confessions. And you can just check yourself and say, uh-oh, did you hear what I've been trying to say and things I've been saying? I must be, I must be hungry. See, we're not as used to being able to tell. We can't tell when we're hungry spiritually as easily as we can tell when we're hungry physically. And there's only one reason for that is because we are real in tune with our physical bodies, but we have not as Christians been very trained to be real in tune with our spiritual man. We can be in tune with him and we can know when man, it's feeding time. If you're doing, doing a lot of praying, did you know when you pray, you're spending things? Praying is work. And you are spending things. And so you can get real depleted in your spirit, spirit man. And so Satan, he'll try to get you depleted. If he can't steal the word from you, he'll try to get you to starve yourself. So you'll get depleted. Right? And so when you hear yourself making negative confessions, you have begun the process of uprooting the word. Now the first negative confession you make, you didn't uproot the word. But if you continue to make those negative confessions and you're going to uproot the word that you sowed in your heart. You begin that process. And so you've got to arrest that thing and you've got to say, whoa, no, I, I don't say that. That's not what I'm confessing. That's not what I'm believing. And you stop right there and then you start. You got to feed yourself. You got to take, hey, we got to have a, we got to take time out and we've got to go feed. Well, it takes a lot of time. Pastor and I have to do a lot of feeding because we're putting out a lot of word every week. And then when we're not putting out word, we're putting out word in prayer. And then we're not praying, putting out word in prayer, we're confessing. You know, we're speaking and sowing the word with our confessions. And I'm telling you, you you've got to feed. Because it doesn't take long to get depleted. And some of you are beginning to be like that, where you're putting out the word a lot more. You're praying on Tuesday night, you're praying before services, and you're putting the word out. And you've got to stay tanked up. Amen. Because you know what you'll do? You'll get out of faith. And all of a sudden, what you had faith for, man, we're believing for this. All of a sudden, you don't have faith for it. You'll tell yourself God changed his mind. But it wasn't. You just you just depleted yourself. And so um, you got to make sure you're not word starved. Because if you are word starved, your seed will die. Your seed will die if you're word starved. And you know, as soon as you get over there in that negative, and all of a sudden you're confessing negative, did you know what Satan follows that with? He follows that with a load of guilt and condemnation, and he starts to tell you where well, you know you never believed in the first place, and you know you've lost your seed, and he starts to tell you all sorts of things like that, and he'll tell you, you know, you really didn't, you really didn't believe in your heart, and he's basing that, you know, he'll quote the word to you, you know, Mark eleven twenty three, it says, if you believe in your heart. You know, And he'll say, well, you really didn't believe in your heart. Because if you believed in your heart, you wouldn't have said that. And then first thing you know, you go, man, I probably didn't believe in my heart. And the fact is, you did believe in your heart. You just all of a sudden uh, got got a doubt in your head is what you did. And your head came against you. And you got a doubt in your head. And so he's trying to get you to uproot your seed. He's trying to steal your seed or to get you to uproot it. Or he's trying to get you to starve your seed so that it dies. And then the second enemy of the seed, and we'll we'll talk about this more tonight because we've never talked about this. The second enemy of the seed is poor soil. See, um, or what we could say bad ground. Because see, he says the sower sows the word. And this word is sowed into the ground of your heart. And if the soil is poor soil or bad ground, it's not going to produce a harvest, is it? Because see, the seed is perfect. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23, I want to read that to you. 1 Peter 1 and verse 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God is incorruptible seed. The word of, it's perfect seed. So you've got the perfect seed and you're planting it, you're confessing it. Boy, you've got your little white book or your little blue book or your little whatever book you bought Sunday night and you're confessing it. I'm a planting the seed. And the words, the seed's perfect. And you know what? The water's perfect cuz the water that we water with is what? The word and so the water's perfect, and the seed's perfect. So if I'm not getting a harvest, it's there's only there's three reasons if I'm not getting a harvest. One is I'm letting Satan steal it, or, and we already talked about that, or I'm not ever getting around to planting it, so I won't get a harvest if I don't put seed in the ground, or there's something wrong with the soil of my heart. And so we need to talk about, well, what could that be? Well, one kind of soil, and he tells us in there, is... Uh, is hard soil and he talks about that in Mark chapter 4 verse 15 and he actually he calls it wayside soil there but that would be equivalent to the soil that was what we call the turning row the turn row in the farm I don't know y'all aren't farmers but you know it's where the tractor turns basically you know and the hard wheels of the tractor and the pickups go down through the turn row and the, the ground gets real packed down and it gets real hard and that's the turn row. And that's the wayside soil. It's the hard soil. And, and our heart can be hard soil. Because Hebrews chapter 3.15, he says, Don't let your heart be hardened. Don't let your heart be hardened. See, we choose whether we have a hard heart. And sometimes we've let our heart get hardened. You know, a little when those offenses came or somebody hurt us, you know, we may have said something real dumb like, I'll never let anybody hurt me again. And so I got me a little hard heart right here. Well, you know, you harden your heart against a person, it's hardened against the Word of God, too. See, the better reaction when somebody hurts you is I've learned to do this, is to go and say, God, this hurts. Now I'm asking you, Father, take the hurt away. And you know what he does? I know one time I made a friend. And, you know, sometimes friends don't stick. And I really, I, I made this friend, and she was in the church and, and everything. And, and But something came up, and her husband, just they just went another way. And they left the church, and they just went another way. And, you know, my heart was tempted to be really hurt because I really, God had done something between us. But I didn't want my heart to be hard. And so I just said, Father, this hurts, and you know how it hurts. And so I'm asking you to take the hurt away. Did you know it took that long to take care of it? And instead, some people, they harden their heart and they carry that around with them for years. Or they carry this pain and this wound on the inside around with them for years. And it's better just to tell God up front, this hurts. Now fix it. And you know what? He'll fix it. And then that way you don't have to be hard-hearted and say, well, I'm never having a friend again. And so withdrawing in some kind of a shell. And I'll never trust anybody else again. A lot of women do that. A lot of women, they go through a divorce or something. I'll never trust another man. I hate men. I hate all men. I've met lots of women that hated all men. <laughs> you know some of them too, huh? Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. just kidding. He just knows. He just knows. But anyway, we don't have to let ourselves get that way. We don't. And see, when our heart's hard like that, it keeps the word out. Our hearts have got to be tender. We've got to take the risk of getting hurt. There is a risk in relationships. There's a risk in churches. There's a risk in getting hurt. You may hurt me and I may hurt you, but we don't intend to. And you know what? God will heal us of all of it. And we can forgive and we can just go on together. And even if you've had a divorce, you know what? You could have a divorce, and you could be so forgiven, you could both go in the same church. You know, my mom and dad were divorced, and they both wanted the Word of God. But it was like, I can't go to that church because he goes to that church. And it's like, and, and, and here's what they said, it would bother everybody else. And I'm going, it doesn't bother anybody else. It doesn't bother anybody else. It doesn't bother anybody else. You can bring all six of your husbands that you had before, or, you know, and it won't bother me a bit. Will it bother y'all? No, it won't bother us. You get your heart healed and make that heart soft and tender again. Amen? And so we can get a hardened heart, and, and, it's, and we just have to decide not to let it. You know, my family, you know, we could just, we could just, we could have all sorts of things to be hurt over, but we're not gonna be. We're not gonna be. We're not gonna let our past rule us. We're not going to let... When you're in the public, like being a pastor or a president or something like that, or a, a, in a leader of a company, there's all manner of things that you could have hard heart over, but just don't let it. Just don't let it. And see, another thing your soil could be is, is it could be stony. It says, it talks there about the stony soil. Um, and um, that the stony soil, that's the heart that's just cluttered up. It's just got so much stuff in it. You know, we can just have too much stuff in our heart. We can just we can just have too many things going on in our heart. And it just doesn't produce for the Word of God. And some of those things can be negative, like bitterness and unforgiveness and all those kind of stuff. We can just have all those little things in our heart, and those are just stones in our heart. we got to get rid of those things. It's so simple to get rid of those things. I know, you know, you can just carry around things that are just so old. You know, my third grade teacher, she really wronged me. She accused me of something that I did not do but you can just carry that thing around if you want to or you can just get rid of those stones hallelujah and then your heart will produce and then your soil it could be full of thorns it could be the thorny ground you know there's there's that's the ground that's got thorn bushes in it growing and those are those prickly Christians you know they're real prickly don't step on my toes preacher And they put those thorns out there because they don't want the preacher or anybody else to touch their little pet things. And you know what, family? When you shut the preacher out, you shut the word out. That's really the truth. And you know, when you shut each other out, we have shut the word out. So we don't want to be prickly Christians. And then I looked in the word to see if there were any other kinds of ground. And I found that it mentioned dry ground. You know when the ground is very very dry, then the seed just lays there. It won't do anything. So we need to make sure that our hearts are, are uh, that we've got enough word in us for the for the dry, for the ground to be wet. When the when the ground's real dry, the seed just lays there. And I don't y'all probably don't even know this, but like we know what really dry ground is. But when the drought ground's real dry, when it rains, the water just runs off of it. It doesn't go down in it. It just runs off of it because the ground's so dry. And um, so you could have dry ground. And then I noticed in the Word it talks about fallow ground. In Jeremiah 4.3 and Hosea 10.12, it says to plow up your fallow ground. And I looked up in the Strong's what that meant, and it said it meant idle ground. Just idle ground. And so we've got to have good ground in our heart. And I want us to look tonight at some good ground in the Word of God. Turn to Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to look at good ground. Now, see, what our ground is like really just depends on us. And God is willing to heal us of any hurts or wounds or offenses, but we're just going to have to let it go, and we're going to have to, we're going to, have to let Him take those things out of our ground. Take the stones out and, you know, we're going to have to decide. I'm not having a hard heart. I'm going to be tender hearted. Amen. And uh, so let's look at good ground. Matthew chapter 8 and let's begin in verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormenting. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority and have soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another come, and he cometh. And to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to him that followed, Verily I say unto you, you have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And then he tells him, Go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. But notice this servant. He said, Lord, you don't even have to come to my house. Just sow the seed, Lord just speak the word only speak the word only Lord that'll be enough well Jesus said man I have not seen such great faith as this well you know what Jesus had never preached this about the sower sows the word yet he doesn't preach this until I looked it up until Matthew chapter 13 before he preaches the sower sows the word he'd never preached it and this guy already had caught it just sow the seed only Jesus that's all you have to do Amen? Well, now that's some good ground. Amen? Now, uh, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, just drop down there and look at that. It says, after he had done this with the centurion, it says, um, When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And look at this. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick." sick. He cast out the spirits with his word. He just sowed the seed of the Word of God and cast out the spirits. Well, what happens, what the thing is here is that Jesus had compressed this uh, law of progression, this sowing and reaping principle, this law of progression, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. He had compressed this thing down because the soil of Jesus' heart was absolutely perfect. He had perfect soil. He had perfect seed. He had perfect water, and when you have perfect soil and perfect seed and perfect water, you're going to have a. You're, you're, that, it's going to be compressed. You're going to have a fast return on that seed that's sown. Amen. Now I've got good news for you, because there's something different about the seed of the Word of God than any other seed in the earth. It's different than tomato seed. It's different than watermelon seed. It's different than corn seed. The seed of the Word of God is the only seed on earth this is so good, the Holy Ghost told me this today the seed of the word of God is the only seed on earth that heals the ground no other seed on earth will heal the ground that it's put in so I may not have as good a ground in my heart I'm not getting the harvest I need and family, you've got perfect seed, you've got perfect water. So if you're not getting 30, 60, and 100 fold, just like myself, all of us, none of us are getting the complete harvest we would like to get, you know what it is? It's the soil of our heart. Now, the soil of our heart's getting better every day. Yes. Amen. But we have to work on this soil, don't we? The seed of the Word of God is the only seed on earth that when you put it in the soil, it heals the soil. So if I've got something wrong with the, my. My soil, I don't say, oh, you know, my soil, it's really bad, so I'm not going to plant the seed. No, no, I need to plant the seed because this seed not only produces a harvest, it heals the soil. So, so, so every time I sow the Word in my heart, I'm not only sowing for a harvest, I'm getting my soil better and better and better and better. Oh, my soil's getting good. And yours is too in the prayer room. That's what, you know, it just rose up in our heart. Man, they're getting strong. And that's not outward strong. I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I'm increasing on strength on that. I hadn't been lifting weights. I hadn't been pumping iron. I guess y'all can tell that. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't been running. I hadn't been jogging. hadn't been riding the bicycle. hadn't been walking. I'm not getting, but you know what? I'm getting so, and I, I need to do all of those things. And, but you know what? I know I'm getting so strong on the inside. Because man, with the word now, I have been pumping iron. Man, I've been sowing that seed, and man, I'm, I'm getting strong. And you're getting strong. The soil of your heart is getting good because we've got a seed that, oh, I'm telling you, it's so supernatural. It not only produces harvest, it heals the soil. Oh, man, my heart's getting healed. My soil's getting better every year, every day. Every time I come to church, the soil of my heart's better. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. If I just keep on. Oh, my soil will be so good that I'll get this law of progression down and I'll sow that seed with my word and I got perfect word. You know, the word's perfect. And I'll sow that word and boy, the soil of my heart, it'll be so good that that harvest, it's just right there. It's just right there. It's just right there. Man, this is good. This is good seed. Um, In Jeremiah chapter one and verse nine, if you'll turn there. Now that's why I didn't get to all of this the other night because I had this Jeremiah 1.9 and I was going to teach you this but I didn't have that little nugget there that it's the only seed in the earth that heals the soul. God had showed me that today so that's why we didn't get as far as we were supposed to Sunday night. The Holy Ghost held us up so we could have all that revelation. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9 boy man this is good. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Now this is Jeremiah talking. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Verse 10. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, and to build, and to plant. See when we speak the word of God, he said Jeremiah, I've put the word of God in your mouth. And when you speak that word of God, I'm telling you what it does. It pulls down things inside of you that are not good. It pulls down unbelief. It pulls down rebellion. It pulls down everything that's against God. And it 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 uh, it, it roots it out. And it destroys religious mindsets, it destroys religion that we've gotten planted in our heart. Oh, this seed is so powerful. It heals the soil. It pulls down. It 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 roots out. It destroys. It overthrows. I'm telling you, I just speak that word. And it gets the soil of my heart ready. And then after it's rooted out and pulled down and destroyed and thrown down. Look, it has four things it has to do. It has to root out and pull down and destroy and throw down. So sometimes you you come into a church like this and and you hear the word and you say, Man, I'm going to sow the word. And you sow it and you go... Something didn't happen just like I thought it would. You know, Brother Copeland, when he did this, he said he got, you know, somebody came by and brought him a $10,000 check. And I did the very same thing, and I confessed the very same scriptures that he confessed. I did it just like he said in his sermon. Well, why didn't I get what I was needing? Well, his soil was a little different than yours. He's been working on his soil quite a few years now. And you just started working on it. And so you've got to sow that word because it's got to pull down some things. There's some things that have to be pulled down. It's got to root out some things. You know there's some unbelief in some of us. I know when I started believing God for healing, and I needed healing in my body. I believed him, but I tell you what, God wasn't waiting, I wasn't waiting on God for the healing. He wants to heal right then. He was waiting on me. One thing he was waiting on me was to get in faith. I had to root out some fear first. I had to root out some things. I had to root out some... See, sometimes we say we're believing and we're really not. We're confessing and we're going through all the motions of believing and we're saying, but we're not really believing. And until we're believing, it doesn't work. It, it, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> until we're believing, it's not working. And when we get to believing, it starts working. What well, does that mean we quit? No. We just keep speaking the word and let it root up. I had to work out all the fear inside of me. I, work, I, I, I read Psalm 91 until... And I read it, and I read it, and I read it until it rooted out every bit of fear. Until it roots... And, and you've got to gotta confess the word until it roots out everything. Amen? And... Uh, After it roots out and pulls down and destroys and throws down, then it starts to build. And then it starts to plant. Did you see that? And to build and to plant. You take the same word to build and to plant and to sow and to water. You take the same word to heal the soil, to root out, pull down, destroy. Pull down those strongholds, those religious mindsets. Throw down those lies of the enemy. You know, the enemy's planted lies. And you just use the same word. It's the same word that does it all. It's the word that does the work. Amen. It's the word that does the work. Fabian, you don't need, well, if I could just go to one of Brother Oral Roberts' meetings, I believe I could get this. No, you don't need Brother Or. You need the word. It's the word that does the work. It's the word that does the work. It's the word. You need the word. The word does the work. And the Word makes the soil of our heart good soil, good ground. And when I get to be in good ground, then when I sow the Word, what do I get? I get 30, 60, and 100-fold because I'm good ground. Well, now, the more I put the Word in, the better the ground gets faster. If I put it in on Christmas and Easter, it's a very slow process. If I put it in on Sunday mornings, it's it's, it's a little slower if I put it on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, it's faster. But i tell you what's even faster than that is if you put it down Sunday through Saturday, seven days a week, you're, you're, you're letting the Word, letting the Word, letting the Word, letting the Word work in our heart. Clean the soil. Heal the heart. Heal the soil. The, the seed heals the soil. The seed heals the soil. And, and, you know, there's just Christians everywhere. They're just walking around. They're just looking for the right. They're, they're looking for the right book to read, family. This is the right book. They're going to the bookstores, and they're looking for what we call self-help books. And they're reading about dysfunctional personalities and dysfunctional families. And, um, and you know, yeah, those things are true, and those things aren't. But this is the, this is the book. This is the only thing that heals the dysfunctional. It's the only thing. It's the only thing that will take fear out. Now, you can, you can cover fear up. You can go to a psychiatrist. He'll tell you how to deal with fear. And they've got some ways, you know, you can breathe a certain way and, and do some certain things. I don't know exactly all of it, but I know they'll teach you to control that fear. But I'd rather get rid of it. Amen. And you can take a tranquilizer and you can suppress the fear so that you don't feel the fear. But the other, the thing, the other thing is you don't feel anything else either. And you talk real thick. Your tongue's real thick. Is that right, Jeffrey? (laughs) Yes, that's right. In the Word, there's no harmful side effects with the Word of God. You cannot overdose. You cannot overdose on the Word. Amen? And the thing about the Word is, the more you eat it, the more you like it. Well, it really works that way mostly with everything. The more you eat desserts, the more you like them. The more you can't live without them. And the same with pizza and everything else. It's just like that about the Word of God. And you know, at first, and I've been through seasons when I was not all that hungry. When you're not hungry, you know what you do? Force feed. If you fast, if someone fasts, is on an extended fast, like a 30 or 40 day fast, you know, like they're, you know, they're, they're trying to tell somebody something. They're trying to tell somebody, like a government. I don't like what you're doing, so I'm putting myself on a starvation fast. And so they go 40 days without eating. Did you know or something? Did you know that eventually they're not even hungry at all? And eventually, if they let, if they are led by that, the fact that they are not hungry, that eventually they will starve themselves to death because they really aren't hungry, and they will literally die because they're not hungry and that's the way sometimes Christians are they're dying on the vine because they're not hungry just not hungry for the word of God well you're not hungry for the word of God because you had not been in the word of God I know because I've been there and and if you have to force feed and when you force feed yourself all of a sudden the hunger you get a little hungrier and then you, you keep force feeding until you're just so hungry for the word of God and that's how it works Okay, uh, we're just about through. Uh, look there in uh, verse 12 of Jeremiah chapter 1. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. See, he told him, he said, Jeremiah, i put my words in your mouth, and they're to build and to plant and to overthrow and to cast down and to pull up and to dig out, and that's what my words are for. And, and, and then he said, my words. He said, uh, he said, uh, I will hasten over my words to perform. God works through his word. God's looking for what words you're giving him to work with. God's looking for what word you're giving him to work with. And one time I was believing God for healing. It was right after we got filled with the Spirit, and I think it was like just a cold or something. But And I was believing God for healing. And God told me, He said, Debbie, you're not putting enough word out for me to perform. And sometimes we can be doing that, where we're just not putting anything out for God to perform. He's not going to perform in your life based on your need. He's not going to perform on your life based on just the fact that you've got a good heart and you love God with all your heart. He loves you for to love him, but he doesn't work in your life based on that. He hastens over his word to perform it. And so we have to give him something to perform. It's important that you be believing God for something. Don't be self-satisfied and just content with what you have. Well, you know, we have a house, and you know, it's about paid for, or it is paid for. And you know, we make enough that me and my wife, we're very comfortable, and and you know, we have a car, and, and you know, we just don't really don't need anything. Don't be self satisfied. Believe God for something. Believe God for something you don't even need just so you can believe God for something. Be believing God for something all the time. All the time. As soon as you get one faith thing believed in, believe Him for something else. Amen? See, the goal, the whole goal is Mark 11, 23. So we're working on the seed, we're taking the seed and we're planting it in our heart in order that our soil might be healed and our soil might be good. Because we already know the seed's good, we already know the water's good. Because the goal is Mark eleven twenty three. 23. The goal is, he says, um, Therefore I say unto you that whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. The whole goal, your whole goal, is to get to the point where you believe whatsoever things you saith. That when you say it, you believe it. Well, that takes some work on the soil of our heart. And we just let that seed do the work. Amen. In Mark chapter 5, verse 22, and we will end with this. Mark five twenty-two and it says and behold there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue Jairus by name and when he saw him he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying my little daughter lieth at the point of death I pray thee come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And while he yet spake, now we're going back to Jairus. Because Jairus, if you look at him in in those first verses, he said, he came. He said, my little daughter is at the point of death. And then he speaks something very important. He says, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed. And he said, and she shall live. Do you see the faith there? He speaks the word of faith. And she shall live. But I read that whole passage about the woman with the issue of blood because I wanted you to see how the distraction came. He had spoken the word of faith, and all of a sudden here's the distraction, and we go through this whole long thing, and he is having to stand there, and he's having to hold on to that word that's been sown. And Jesus is going to come to my house. He's going to lay hands on my daughter, and she's going to be healed. And he's having to hold on to that thing. But the distraction came. And then you look there in verse 35, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? So not only did this distraction came, but then came the bad report. The bad report came, and Jesus says something so important to him. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Only believe what, Jesus? Believe what you just said. Believe what you just said. If you come and lay your hands on her, she'll be healed and she shall live. Be not afraid, J. Iris. Only believe what you just said. See, we got to believe in the seed we planted. We got to know it's incorruptible seed. And we got to have faith in that seed. And he planted a seed. He said, My daughter shall live if you lay hands on her. And Jesus followed him because he heard faith speak. He heard faith speak, and so he followed him. But then there came this distraction, and this woman, she went through all this thing, and I'm sure he was thinking, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And Jesus is taking his time. Because Jesus knows that when the word of faith has been spoken, that time is of no consequence. It's not like, man, I, you, we better hurry up because we believe. No, if we believe, times of no consequence. We're, when we believe and we speak the word of faith, we've, we've transcended the natural realm and we're operating in a whole different realm. We're calling things that be not as though they were. And then the bad report came and that didn't have anything to do with it either. See, I know that sometimes we plant the seed and then we cast away our confidence too quickly when Satan brings the bad report. And we say, well, that's not how I believed it would be. Well, be not afraid. Only believe what you said, what you just planted. we got to believe in the seed we planted. And some of you have spoken things over your finances. And when you speak things over your finances, sometimes Satan comes up. Not sometimes, but nearly all the time. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. And it's like it goes totally the opposite direction. And i think, man, I spoke this. And be not afraid, only believe only believe in that seed you planted, amen hallelujah oh, I just I, this seed this is incorruptible seed this seed is so good it's not that I'm so good it's not that you're so good it's that the seed is so good this seed is so good and this is the water too and the water's so good And if there's anything that's not quite right about my ground, we got seed that heals the ground. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's stand up together.